everyone, welcome to Scare LA 2018. Um, I am Heck82 Podcasts, and although I normally attack two top of the line rock stars, hold on, there goes one now. Let's <laughs> see if I can catch you. We lucked out <laughs> because um, I happened to bump into um, Scumlove himself here at Scary LA 2018. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Just uh, here at Scary LA with uh, my wife. She runs a thing called uh, Start Graving Mad, and uh, she does a lot of my artwork for my shirts and things like that. So, oh, that's cool. Um, and I am here as Heck82 Podcast, <clears throat> and I've, uh, you know, I've, had, I've interviewed Scum Love in the, uh, before. We talked about some cool things like Schecter Guitars and his CD album called uh, Sinister Minister and how cool it is. So, have you been rocking out? Yeah, we, uh, we've taken a little easier this, this year. We put out a new song, a new single. Uh, called Devil May Sing a couple months ago. We're working on another single that should be out in the next month or two called Filthy. So we're just putting out singles and concentrating more on recording. Um, We're going to be playing with Orgy coming up October 2nd at Skinny's Lounge. So tickets should be available soon. So you guys are the first to hear about it. So... Hey, right on. So that's Skinny's, you know, and that's Los Angeles. And we love L.A. Um, I know I've been, I've always had a great time every time I come to L.A. <laughs> um, but um, so let's check that out. October 2nd, definitely. And I, I keep, you know, I want to make it to every concert. Yeah. And I'm always working and stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, I know, I know I'm the same way, but it's going to be a good one because Orgy usually plays bigger places. We usually play bigger places, so it should sell out and just be insanely huge, you know. It should be fun. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I noticed your booth and the artwork looks great. So Scum Love actually has some really cool um, comics and artwork and um, what other kind of um, swag do you have? Well... Uh, like I said, I'm here with my wife, and she runs Stark Graving Mad. And uh, we just started a new T-shirt company called Devil's Union. It's kind of a revamp. I did it probably 15 years ago. I had a company called Devil's Union where we made T-shirts, kind of like obscene kind of T-shirts. And uh, we decided to bring it back with her artwork. And um, they're selling like hotcakes, so... It's really cool, and every month we put out a new design, so we have about seven or eight designs now, so look at devilsunion.com, and you'll see the t-shirts, and Star Graving Mad is my wife, and uh, Maggie Love, and she does all the artwork for all of it, so. That's cool. Well, it's great, you know, great to hear from you, and I, you know, some great things, a lot of, um stuff is different at Scare LA, but a lot of it is the same as last year. They got the sliders out, the haunted house, mazes, um, a whole lot of fog. 
even have scented fog here and I was smelling it and I was like, what is this intoxicating smell? You know, somebody has a vapor or something. And so that's what it was. But, um, and it's really fun because it's kind of spooky and dark. Yeah, they made it, they made it more dark this year. It's a little weird with the lights for us vendors. Um, because now we have to have spotlights on our, on our booths instead of the big lights above. But it's still cool. You know, we're having fun doing it. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, it makes it a little bit more interactive, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Um, some great people have turned out, like George C. Romero. That's, you know, son of uh, the great George Romero. I got to speak with him yesterday. You know, yeah, Linda Blair is here. There's some from great actors, directors, producers. Um, great uh, makeup, special effects artists, and this and that, too. Um, I'm also today talking about scary things and why I scare LA and uh, what are people scared of because I happen to know, you know, for a fact, like what what <laughs> what it means to be scared. Um, what do you think is scary? I mean, if if you run into a ghost, like say a ghost of uh, you know somebody, um, Jack the Ripper, I've got a book right here. Would you be afraid? You know, it's I'm a weird one. Uh, my wife hates taking me to uh, haunted house type of things because I don't scare very easily, and I usually scare the the, the scare actors. <laughs> so, like today, I walked in and one of the ghouls came up on the side of me. He's all wham, and I turned around and he's like, and he freaked out. So I, I don't scare too easily. Um, yeah, ghosts don't scare me. I mean, I've never really ran into a ghost. So until then, I guess, who knows? But I, I'm, I'm not a scared kind of guy. I like doing the scaring. <laughs> he, he does the scaring. Well, that's a good, cre- you know, something to go on. Yeah, I don't say credo, but, um, but good. Um, myself, I have run into ghosts they love me they follow me around and they tease me constantly i swear i'm not kidding i mean i've been able to pull the blanket off my bed <laughs> what is it i even had one pull the blanket off my bed oh that's scary yes <laughs> i get mad i wouldn't get scared i'd be like what are you doing give me back my blanket it's cold <laughs> i'm too much of a realist you know <laughs> yeah, I gotta do that. I I, I kind of always I, I jump up and run out of the room, you know. Go get something to drink. And I'm like, would you go away, please? Now I'm gonna sleep. I do gotta say, like from movies, uh, probably The Exorcist. It took me a long time to be able to watch that because I was a you know I was an infant when it came out. And I think my parents. I I could just be. I don't know. Uh, making this up but as, as far as I know when I was an infant I think my parents went to go see The Exorcist and I was an infant and they just you know because back then you know you didn't have car seats you took your kids anywhere you smoked you know and everything else in front of your kids um, and I swear they went to the movies to see The Exorcist and took me with them and I vividly remember seeing Linda Blair's face and anytime I saw it through the years after that I would have nightmares that freak me out. Um, and just recently, the last few years, um, I could watch The Exorcist, but seeing the face doesn't freak me out anymore, you know. So, but growing up, it was probably The Exorcist was the only thing that 
was scary for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it is. It's one of the most horrifying portrayals of like a, a possession, and um, and it kind of I think in the back of everybody's mind, they're they're thinking like, is this for real? Could this really? happen to a person if they were possessed. I mean, it's definitely extreme, but, you know, does yeah. it even, uh, you know, with the projectile vomiting and everything, <laughs> but I think one of the scariest things is they took the sweetest little girl, our young lady, you know, Linda Blair, was so, so sweet, and they put that horrible makeup on her. <laughs> right. but, <laughs> well, you know, the original story was that it was a boy that it happened to, because they say it was based off a real story. It was a little boy that it happened to that got possessed and all the craziness. But for the movie, they changed it to a girl, of course. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a realist. I'm an atheist. So I guess to believe in all those things, then you got to believe in the devil and you got to believe in God and you got to believe in those kind of things. I believe in energy. Like, we all... It's kind of like, you know, if you get put a magnet close to a TV, it distorts the TV. You get electricity close to something, it distorts it. I think we all give off electricity, uh, you know, a, a certain kind of aura of power, energy, and sometimes that stays in the in the air. I mean, that that's just science. If you turn off something, like I work with amps and stuff, so if you turn off an amp, unplug it, There's you still don't want to touch you know, the main power source inside the amp because it still stores power in there for a little while. You know, if you ever unplug something, you see the light start to fade, including like, you know, your camera here. There's still energy a little bit in there. And I think humans let off such a great amount of energy that when we die, it takes a while for it to fade. And maybe that's what people feel and see as in ghosts, is our energy or us still living in that area. Yeah, I mean, you know what? What Scum Love is saying is 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 very, you know, it, it's it's very good observations. Have, and I, you know, I happen to know that all of that is true. What you said, it is, it is true. But what else is true? Devil is true. God is true. Witchcraft is true. Voodoo, sorcery, you know, all of this, the occult powers, or whatever you want to say, you know, that you don't want to talk about, and people don't talk about it but it's all real yeah you know everybody can manifest things in, in front of them it's, it's it's power of the mind makes you manifest everything in front of you you want something you think about it you manifest it and it happens um, you know it's, it's, it's all you know we, we haven't gotten dug deeper into our brains to see exactly everything it can do but I'm telling you there's a lot of energy inside us and if we dig deeper, we're going to start finding the secrets to everything. The secrets to everything. <laughs> well, I know, and a lot of it, I think, does exist in the after world. And uh, we will know all about that soon enough. So, anyway, exactly. <laughs> in the meantime, we can listen to heavy metal or <laughs> scum love or whatever we want. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, okay. thanks, man. What's up? No I'm going to stop by and say hi to you later. Make sure you're having a good time. I met your wife. She's cool. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, come down and scare LA and get spooked. Woo! <laughs> yeah, there's still today. There's still time. <laughs> ah. cool. Thanks, hon. All right, nice to see you. Thank you. <laughs>
I sing. I gotta say, I love that guy. You know, uh, his band is really great. Check it out. They're different at Scare LA this year. It seems like we're a little bit more cozy because last year we actually had like two halls and it was like too much. This year to walk for like miles just to see the sliders. And this year they're kind of sliding all over the place, and which is fun. It is fun. They do slide right past you. They do shout at you, you know, kind of uh, tr maybe try and tap you on the shoulder or whatever. They're not like uh, knocking people down. <laughs> but that's one of my favorite things is that uh, are those, and the official name for it is Decade Brigade Sliders. So they're actually like, you know, they're fairly acrobatic and well choreographed. And they do jumps over each other. They do jumps over obstacles. Uh, the costumes are great. The makeup is great. They have this really, you know, really nice black and white uh, makeup skeleton effects um, going. And the lighting is super cool, of course, too. Like, you know, fluorescent purple and green and just uh, flashing kind of lights with a projected screen behind them. So it's the rock music though that really makes the Decayed Brigade fun. It's super fun to watch. Um, I always like to try and get some photos or some video or whatever, you know, is possible. But, you know, a real talented group of individuals are real cool. Um, what else is cool is that people are wearing costumes. And they really, you know, some of them are like very, very well-crafted costumes. <laughs> They're like amazing. You know, I've been taking pictures and photos and following some of them around uh, because I can't believe it. Uh, the makeup is, is really uh, fantastic. So if you want to see great Halloween effects makeup, come on, you know, um, don't hesitate. Um, there's there's a groups of people here that are makeup artists, professionals that you can talk to and ask them questions like how how is this done? How do I make a person look like a giant lizard, or how do I make a person look like a zombie who just crawled up out of the ground? And um, uh, so it doesn't get any better if you're interested in learning about makeup, taking classes, being educated, you know, or you know, in the profession of it. Come on, there's one uh, EI Institute, uh, Elegance, I think he told me it was Elegance International, which is um, interesting, located right there in LA, and um, affordable classes. Uh, so, you know, and I, I think the certificate only takes like a year, which is great, and they have job placement programs. You know, so if you mix and mingle here, you can meet directors, producers, um, musicians, talented actors, artists, you know, or you can just hang out, uh, <laughs> have a great time, have some Wild Bill soda, <laughs> and I didn't miss that, I've been filling this cup ten times daily, you know, old-fashioned soda pop. And I'm here to be in a community of people who know what it's like being scared. Uh, because I do. <laughs> Ghosts talk to me all the time. They follow me around. They play tricks on me. And I'm not lying. <laughs> I know you think I am. <laughs> but I'm actually a haunted person, a ghost medium. Uh, that is me. Um, 
So I came down here to talk about that with anyone who's, you know, who is interested in talking about ghost mediumship. I'm your gal. Uh, I really have a great time meeting people from centuries ago, decades ago, from another dimension. I've even met those people who have crawled up from underground even recently, Sam. I'm showing my skeletons here. <laughs> I just love them, to be honest. But it is spooky. Not only spooky, but it can be terrifying. And that's why no one talks about the occult. Um, that is the reason. It's dangerous, and it can be terrifying. And I'm a God-loving individual. And there is the other side of it uh, in the afterworld. The, the part that you want to avoid is going down, descending uh, into the depths of uh, something horrifying which you don't want to see or to know about. And uh, they do chase people, uh, does sh persecute people, okay? I hate to tell you, but if there are any bad sort of thoughts, you know, following you, Let's dispel those. I brought a couple of scary books with me. That when I'm alone, I'm too afraid to read. Like this one. Jack the Ripper. I know he's coming to get me. In the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm going to read something about this book. Like, what is it that makes people afraid? What are you... I'm going to have to. Is it, you know, is it being physically hurt? Is it being, um, I'm terrified in your mind, you know? Most of the time, it's physical pain that scares people. Um, and this, this was not a book that I authored. This is a book by Paul Rowland. It's called Jack the Ripper, but, um, there are photos in it of the victims. And, um, for all we know, can you imagine meeting them face to face, even now? And them being the sweetest people on the one hand, maybe on the other hand, they want like revenge against Jack the Ripper, you know? And that would use people to get it by scaring them. Um, some scary photos. Let me read this apart, up, apart and see if you feel afraid. What did the Ripper look like? The Butcher of Middlesex Street, you know, this sort of thing. And what is the real mystery? This, this is always a mystery story. There's always a mystery of what, what his true identity was. Because he was so good at hiding. He, he escaped uh, punishment. He escaped the law. How did he do it for so long? And left his victims lying in the street where people found them. Um, here. Is one of the letters he wrote. Here's the, the part of this, the whole um, 
the story is that he left things behind. He left letters. He left a diary, notebook. There were traces, you know, found that were, were pulled together in the investigation to reveal the true identity, the true um, reason that he committed these crimes. This is a letter written to one of the police officers who was trying to catch him. And he would say, listen to this now, letter from hell. Mr. Lusk, sir, I send you half the kidney I took from one woman preserves for you. Together piece I fry, other piece I fry, and ate it was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Sight. Catch me when you can. Mr. Lusk. I'm a reading Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Are you afraid of ghosts? Nope. This one not afraid. <laughs> what do you like about Scare LA? The scares. All of the scares, all of the fun costumes and scary haunting people. Okay. Have a great time and take my card if you want. Okay. And that is the letter from Okay. Have a great time and take my card if you want. Okay. And that is the letter from a Jack the Ripple. And as I recall. Okay. However, I'm going to read the rest. There was someone called a city police surgeon. Dr. Brown contradicts the accepted view that the kidney belonged to Catherine Eddowes. And Catherine was his, his favorite prostitute, as the story goes. The one he loved young. Okay. There is no portion of the renal artery adhering to it having been trimmed up, so consequently there can be no correspondence established between the portion of the body from which it was cut. As it exhibits no trace of decomposition, when we consider the length of time that has elapsed since the commission of the murder, we come to the conclusion that the probability is slight of its being a portion of the murdered woman of Mitre Square. <laughs> so this is good reading. I mean, if you're... Read this with a friend. <laughs> I'm always like that with horror movies, too. You know, so Jack the Ripper's letters. And one of them was actually was written in blood. It was a red ink. And he writes in the letter, um, I tried writing in blood, but it was too coagulated. I did it. And so I used red ink instead, you know, so he's always just adjusting and joking like this with the police. Oh, how are the police going to catch me? Well, I'll write them a letter and, and uh, they won't be able to. And so his mentality was actually incredibly crafty, incredibly clever man. Um, intelligent and insane. The most insane man that, 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 that you know, has been documented in history so one of them, anyways. <laughs> so, um, um, but also a well-loved character of literature and uh, horror novels. So one of our one of our um, great, you know, I would say founder or forefather of of the horror genre is this man, Jack the Ripper. And we thank Jack for being 
for helping to found this well-loved genre. <laughs> Celebrating at Scare LA, along with Linda Blair from The Exorcist and this type of thing. But uh, I'm going to introduce you to another book. This is called Live to Tell. The author is a, a priest from Albania, and his name is Father Zef Plumi. Um, and this is a true story, a bi bi biography. Um, Father Zef Plumi was an Albanian priest, a uh, clergyman, as they of the Catholic faith, um, okay, okay, who was persecuted under the communist regime uh, during World War II. So some of the very, very scary stories that you hear are actually stories from uh, the Holocaust. Um, the World War II persecution of the Jewish people. And here's a fact that not everyone knows, is that Jack the Ripper was also of a Jewish origin uh, heritage. So that's something people don't know. Now, um... So the communists in Albania were, were very, had very severe punishments for the intellectually people who were, um, you know, acting as educators and professionals, um, writers, uh, even writers, you know, uh, but certainly the clergy. So this is a book that I actually translated into English, and you can find it available for sale online. And it is called Live to Tell. It's very good. I'm going to read a couple passages. This was a scary book, too. Well, at times, I felt afraid, you know, um, just walking around because I was remembering passages from this book. Um, here's the one part. And this is true. Imagine um, some of some saints who have been martyred, some some. Yeah, of them are named in the books and, and are of Albanian origin. Yes, Saint Mother Teresa was of Albanian origin. Um, here's a chapter called uh, The Pillar in Pilot's Garden. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm going to skip to one of the scary parts. This, this is a part of the torture that they uh, exacted upon the, the, you know, the, the clergy at the time. In Albania, it was just at, just at the end of World War II. They were persecuted, they were imprisoned wrongfully, they were executed, they were tortured. Okay, all night long, I hung there from that peach tree in the middle of the yard, freezing in the December frost. I gazed at the man in the steam bath. He was being held prisoner in a, in a bathroom, a steam bath. Was it really Paul? His mind has become confused at this point. His eyes, you know, his vision is blurred. He thinks he sees someone he knows. Okay. There was a water pump with a short handle by the door, and tied to it was another miserable man with his legs tied in such a position that he wasn't standing nor sitting. Who knows how long that poor fellow had been there? He was howling pitifully and cursing non-stop. Let's imagine that howling noise. Oh, like this. There's a water pump there. They can't pump water from that water pump. They were thirsty. They were dying of thirst and hunger. They were in pain. Excru and the pain was agonizing. I must say excruciating, but 
to continue now. Who knows how long that poor fellow had been there. He had apparently gone out of his mind, howling and cursing nonstop, okay? Curse! Something like that, right? Because he's dying. Now, later, I learned his name was Taipei. Taipei. Or Pipe. Okay. Alongside of me, others were laid out on the ground. A few feet apart and all face down, covered with ragged blankets. In front of me were four men with their faces to the wall, standing as straight as candlesticks, also covered in tattered blankets. This is where they're being held prisoner. And it is like an extermination holding place. Um, as we read on, and it is an intriguing story. How does he survive? The author survives. He was held there. They were given bread eventually. Now let's see if we read. The night's silence was pierced by the sounds of the heavy steps of the guards who paced back and forth with their rifles cocked. And of course, there were the moans, wails, and cries of the suffering men in the yard and others who I could not see. Can you imagine hearing this? Can you imagine those guards staring at you armed with rifles? You're freezing cold, dying, and you're being held prisoner. Oh my God, I cried to my, inside to myself. Maybe I've died already and wound up in that hell. That's what it feels like to him. It feels like hell. Where there was none other than the wailing and gnashing and grinding of teeth. If you read the Bible, you'll read about that. There's a place like that. That you don't want to be in. Now, one more. At one, one o'clock in the morning about... Another poor victim was returning from his interrogation and torture. What do you think? I'll, I'm going to add, I'm going to wrap this up. What do you think the interrogations were like? These were men who were um, studying in a seminary school to become priests, okay? Well, a lot of them. Some of them were others um, of the intellectual, uh, you know, groups in the, in the, in the cities that the story tells about. But... The interrogations were like this, with torture. They asked them questions that they had no response to. You know, where, why did you do this? And the man had done nothing wrong, right? Okay. Now, and then they tortured him. Yeah, all right. As they brought him slowly, innocent people, okay? As they brought him slowly down the stairs, the guards looked out at the peach tree where I was hanging. They hung him in the tree. Okay, one of them turned and ran uh, through his shoulder. He wasn't—I don't—he wasn't upside down at the time. One of them turned and ran back up the stairs. That came back down. I watched them tie that poor wretch onto the banister of the stairs near the bathroom. They had crippled him all night long. He moaned and howled, which only brought more threats and curses from the guard, exhausting his vocabulary of thirty languages. Strangely, that night, I didn't hear any gunfire. It was the first time in a while shots could not be heard. So through all this, 
and the story is is long. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. If you are interested in in a true history, historical literature, this is a novel which is fantastic uh, because the protagonist is our hero. He lives. He survives through this terrible uh, persecution of clergymen. Remains a clergyman the whole time because he was so true to his beliefs, and it was so wrong for what they were doing to these young priests. Uh, you know, and he saw his friends uh, murdered. You know, and uh, so the book continues. There are two, three novels of it. This first one, "Live to Tell," by Father Zeph Plumis. I suggest you read it. Um, and it does fit in the genre. Again, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm, uh, you know, having a good time meeting uh, people at Scare LA. What else have we done? And I have more reading for you because I'm a writer myself, and I've written uh, some more original things, which are cool, way cool. So, I mean, if you think. You're cool. Well, you haven't read this yet, so you you know you. I keep. <laughs> you read my my books, and then I'm gonna say you're cool, and you contact me online at my website hexworld.com or whatever you you know run into me. This is me, Heck82. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about ghosts, too, so bear with me. Let's see what the schedule is like here Sunday in Scare L.A. Um, we have, oh, the Mitchell Sanatorium Rocky Horror Picture Show, folks. If you want to be entertained and you like good, good vocalists and stage performers, this is a good show. It's Mitchell Sanatorium, and I think they have a regular... Uh, venue that they play at, and so um, I, I've got some video. It's going to be up on my website. Rocky is great, and and uh, you know uh, the cast is great. So they look fantastic, sound fantastic. I saw them uh, perform a few songs yesterday on the stage here, so that was really fun. Um, who else? Oh, the zombie ballet was cool too. There's a zombie ballet. And the name of that is, uh, the name of the zombie ballet, ah, same. escaping me, but that is also up on my webpage, and they're great dancers, and they look really cool. Um, makeup demonstration going on. You can make your own creepy crawly zombie hand right over here. You want to make a, a zombie hand to have for yourself at home. Because, let me tell you about being scared. I know we've talked about, oh my god, there's a scary post. Can I show you on my web camera? Come over here. Ah! Oh my god, are you scary? <laughs> I think that's about all she has to say. You know, I'm, just, I'm just happy that, that you stopped by. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, people like that walking around, and then they shout at you, and they're like, ah! So, I, I, I'm, ha I'm having a good time, okay? Now, more about uh, this year that's different from last year, like I said. Um, uh, children are having fun, too, so they've got costumes on. Um... 
and I don't know what the tolerance of your child, tolerance level of your child for uh, for that kind of a costume makeup is. <laughs> but see, you know, you're never too young to get started at, at, at building up your um, resistance of fear. <laughs> build, build that up. <laughs> I have some. <laughs> I hear. Well, I, I want to tell you more about the. Wonderful, wonderful year we're having. Comic book artists over here are too cool. There's one called Sex and Monsters. That's a great webpage. The comics are cool. The drawings are good. Uh, we've got an actor walking by. I, I might catch him. <laughs> I might catch him. <laughs> this is the man from uh, Rob Zombie film. I'm a giant Rob Zombie fan. I love his music. I love his stage shows. His movies are scary. Uh, and this is one of his actors from House of a Thousand Corpses. So again, I was talking about the resistance uh, level, I want to say that for fear, for horror movies, when I see a scary horror movie, I put my hand up on the screen like this. When there's a gory, gruesome part in a movie, oh, it's Corey. Hello, Corey. <laughs> nice to see you. Uh, I tell you what, and uh, I'm doing like a podcast. Are you having a uh, having a good time of uh, Scare LA? Absolutely, Kate. It's very good to see you. With me, uh, hello everyone. Uh, nice to have you. With me is Harley. Say hello, Harley. Uh, yes, that's perfect. Yeah, no more talking. Of course, it's all my show now. Hello. <laughs> We're going to find Batman. I've been looking everywhere. I don't see him. I smell him though. Harley, are you having a fun time? Yes, I am. She's having a good time. We let her out of the Batcave for this one, of course. I'm going to give you back to Kate now. Bye, everyone. Thank you. And that was Corey from uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum uh, in Hollywood, where you can stop by and walk through this museum. It's totally cool. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Say hello to my friend from Taps. Uh, hello. Uh, Taps. I'm going to have a psychic medium walk past and want to say hello, and I can't catch everyone. But uh, that's Patty Negri. I'm talking about Taps West Coast, which is actually, uh, you know, what the anagram stands for, but uh, the Paranormal Society here. Um, but they actually do a lot of ghost huntings. And um, it's it, it shown on television. So um, I know there's an organization for psychic research um, where you can find Patty Negri and others. Cool. So some some are able to make, really make a profession out of it, and other people, other people like me, are, are too afraid and get scared, <laughs> and they don't know. I mean, let's say you go on a ghost hunt. You find a ghost in a haunted house, and then what? 
Maybe he follows you home and gets you in your car, and you're driving down the freeway, and the ghost is like, hey, can I drive? You know, jumps into you, <laughs> takes the wheel, and you're like, ah, go away, and then walk, pull the car over. Hey, will you get out of my car, please? <laughs> and the ghost is like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> Yeah, they're like, hey, pull over. We want to stop here. <laughs> and, uh, go away. All right. Scary ghost stories. More writing of mine. I'm working on something which you're going to really enjoy. And it's actually a, a western. It's kind of like a, a romance, but it's you know, like a suspense adventure thriller. But it might actually fall into the horror, crime, true crime genre too. So um, I'm writing about some true outlaws. And there are a few of them sneaking around. And they're always sneaking around as ghosts. And they do things which are so, so fun that it's, it's unimaginable. I mean, you know, <laughs> you can count on like uh, keeping your bedroom window closed at night you know, <laughs> and that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> the fun thing about the outlaws is that they don't want you to find them because they're they're wanted men, you know, the fugitives from the law. So if you're a ghost hunter, good luck. <laughs> they probably won't appear. You have to call them out from where they're hiding. Um, but so this is good. George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. I actually got to appear in a TV uh, reenactment one time, and it was fun. But I missed one part. I wanted to do reenact the entire movie. I was Barbara in it, and uh, we couldn't do the entire thing. We did a couple scenes. The scene where they're actually throwing Molotov cocktails. I don't know if you know what one is. <laughs> But they have Molotov cocktails, and that's perfect for throwing at zombies. And next time I go to the bar, I'm going to say I want one. I need a Molotov cocktail. They always come to the bar with me. They sit down. They're like, hey, can we can we have a drink? And I and I just say, you know, how are you going to do it? How are you going to manage to drink something when you um, you know have been reanimated from the dead? <laughs> But then they want your body so they can have, you know, your liver, which is saturated in, you know, whatever it is you just drank. And you say, no, that's fine. Here's the Molotov. <laughs> I'll remake those. <laughs> Olives, no. Um, writing of mine. I can give you a preview of that story. I'm going to call it... Uh, I'm calling it Sugar Line. And it's about murder. There are, uh, you know, something which I kind of scared myself because I wanted to, to write a story that was intriguing and was kind, you know, kind of a mystery too, uh, where the reader was like, really, I'm a, yeah, really intrigued, really wanted to read this. Um, let me find one scary part. I'll read it for you. 
J Dog is my one of my evil protagonists. He's he's a young man who becomes an outlaw. Well, first he's possessed by an evil force who appears to him in the form of a canine who bites him. As a possessed uh, criminal, J Dog does things which are so unimaginably horrible that no one can believe he's gone totally insane all of a sudden. So he's not only a, he becomes a wanted man. He's not only a wanted man, but he's also possessed by an evil force. J-Dog. Ah. Was left behind by the boys. The gang is called the boys. They didn't want to share Gal's attention. Gal is the prostitute. So they didn't pay any mind to Jeb once they got going. With the confusion that the explosions had caused, the boys felt reassured knowing that Jeb would rob the candy stores clean. As the story is called Sugarline, it's about candy stores and it's about bloodlust. It's about what causes a person to be an addict and what they're addicted to. It could be killing, it could be um, drugs. The end of the story, it ends up being drugs because <laughs> they come back as ghosts. Now, meanwhile, Jeb, who's closer to hell, imagining himself taking candies from babies and luring more gals to him. They would have to submit their will like many others before them at his hand. There was to be yet another violent assault by Jeb. He's got this in his vision. Miss, I want something. I killed your kid, he admitted in his mind. That's all he said to the young lady as he once more began to assault her. Yo, yo, Jeb had slit her throat. Uh, the boy's throat, I'm sorry. Jeb had slit his throat. She looked outside and saw Jeb come up to him and she knew that he was a bad guy. She saw her kid dead and knew what Jeb wanted. He wanted to have sex with her. He raped me. She said to herself, uh, <laughs> my husband is nowhere around. It took hours because he wouldn't stop even after she died. He had caught her all the way down the center of her body. He was armed with a gun and knives. He cut her across the abdomen to see if anyone had put a baby in her. There was nothing in there. This guy is really bad. So my book, the way I've written it, it has some dirty parts. But I thought people would like that, but you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to give this an R rating. <laughs> Jeb arrived back. I'm cutting. I'm cutting out this part. Jeb had arrived back at the hotel with his clothes all a mess. They were clothes he got from somewhere. He was on a horse. The saddle was still on it, so he could ride after after the uh, event. Hello. <laughs> the feeling of riding away from it was enjoyable. He knew he'd have something to eat. In his bag, there was jerky, 
He slobbered while he ate after he did the horror show. So he does this horror show. Gets back in his saddle. With his clothes all a mess to ride back to the hotel where the prostitutes were. So, that's something I imagine. Now, other writing by yours truly. Because this story only gets better and better. And that's just one part of it. <laughs> that's one scene. <laughs> I wrote a book about my world that I live in, and I called it Hex World. And once it's actually published in completion, I think I'll give it a different title, and I might just call it uh, Ghosts Make People Scream or something like that. But um, here's one part I wrote. I'm calling this man who was haunting me very badly, almost daily. I call him Mr. Scary. Boo Hoo was another friend of mine who's a spirit man who helps me in the, in the story. Whenever I ran into a, a problem that I couldn't resolve, I would call my friend Mr. Who to come and help and save me. And he would. The devil himself. Mr. Scary is not to be reckoned with. Imagine this. The scary man who breathes down your neck. Whether you're away from home or not, or maybe you're just walking around outside. He retreats, then waits for another chance to have you all to himself. So that he can make another attempt on your person. You know that if your car breaks down, which is scary, hello, <laughs> um, he'll be there to attack you. He'll be creeping around you any place at any time and make you cry. And then he'll laugh at you. What in the devil are you going to do about it? You better hope that you have a friend like Mr. Who. Hello. Hi. Are you? So nice to meet you. I'm Nadia. Attorney for Scare LA. Oh, wonderful. Oh, would you would you like to come on my podcast? Sure. Oh, okay. Have a seat. Hi, this is a, a very famous horror actress. She's also my client. She ah. Okay. And she was in, uh, just featured on Variety. So, hi. Hello. Uh, seminar here on uh, at Scare LA. It's nice to be back. We were here last year as well, and it's so lovely to see this. I mean, would you like to have a seat? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'll just kneel. Oh, oh my gosh! So by the way, it is so nice of you to stop by. And my name is Kate, and I'm running uh, my podcast, Heck Eighty Two Podcast. And uh, so I hope we can find this podcast later. You can definitely find it. Yeah, I'm uh, online on iTunes and YouTube. Fantastic. You do about horror? Yeah, um, I'm doing my uh, special edition uh, where I'm speaking a lot about scary things and um, the horror genre in uh, movies and literature, books, um, and also about what's in people's minds like, uh, have you seen a ghost? You've seen a lot of creatures today. You've seen a lot of creatures today. But my mother is convinced that I grew up in a house that's haunted. I don't know. Oh, 
really? Okay. Well, and you're actually an actress in the horror genre. Yeah. She's very famous. Okay. Then we'll switch. Uh, I worked on Holy Terror. It had Christine DeBell for Meatballs, the amazing Mel Novak. But I also worked on the Mindy Project. I also have a background in comedy. And I just shot a band with Richard Tyson, Yan Birch, the Stairmaster from The People Under the Stairs. Let's see who else. Scott Taylor Compton from the Halloween Rob Zombies, Halloween 1 and 2. Uh, Mel Novak once again. Uh, amazing actors, uh, Billy Worth as well, and the director Harley Wallen is incredible. Keep your eyes and ears posted for the amazing Harley Wallen and the fantabulous Katie Wallen. I had a blast working on the bands. Hopefully it should be out by the end of the year. And Harley's going to have another big premiere for a movie that I'm not in. It's called Betrayed, but it's at the 26th of September at the Chinese Theater. So that's going to be a big, big draw, that movie. So excited to collaborate with Harley and excited to be here. And thank you for this honor. Oh, wow. Um, it's great. It certainly is an honor um, and I can appear on camera together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, so there's, it sounds like definitely... A, Excite, a very exciting event coming up and at Grauman's Theater because Grauman's Theater is so um, so wonderfully historical and so well loved by you know yes. anybody in, who happens to love Hollywood. Exactly, and the name of the film is Betrayed, and again, it's a Harley Wallen film. I'm not in this one, but John Savage is in it. Richard Tyson is in it. I believe Billy Worth, Yan Birch, uh, Blanca Blanco, Katie Walton. Katie Wallen, rather, and some others are going to be in this film. So it's going to be a great premiere September 26th at the TCL Chinese Theater. All right. Thanks for telling us about it. And again, once more uh, about yourself and about um, Nadia, who's actually an entertainment attorney. That was Nadia. Uh, yes. who's Nadia Davari. She was my attorney. She's an incredible lawyer. She's the attorney for Scarlet, actually, and she has a lot of legal experience. She's also the attorney for the Geeky Awards, so she can handle movie studios, filmmakers, kooky actors like myself, amazing conventions like Scarlet. So I tip my hat to Nadia, and many thanks also to Laura Ivanova. Oh, you're tipping your hat! Thank you so much. You can find me on social media. My name, Vida Gafari, V-I-D-A-G-H-A-F-F like Frank, A-R-I. Also, it's so very Vida. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for stopping. Okay. <laughs> They're so cool. And there's all these people uh, running around. <laughs> oh, so, Wow. You know, horror movies are such a thrill to watch that um, people, they get an actual, they're so exciting. I mean, if you like, um, you know, like amusement parks, roller coaster rides, um, that's that's the, the thrill of the, the uh, I was, you know, the challenge of fear. Are you afraid to, to ride a roller coaster that's very, very tall, you know? <laughs> Are you afraid to, you know, you get a physical sensation, of course. Um, are you afraid to watch a movie that's very scary? Some people won't even admit that they're scared of movies. I'll admit, I'll admit it. I'm, uh, some of them I don't like to see, to be honest. This is very, very uh, gory, grotesque visual effects. And you know what I'm talking about, you know. Um, I do some writing about it. Because here's the thing, you know, when there are crimes that are true, that actually happened, 
then I mean it's it's kind of I would say it's very real to be able to talk about that about crimes that did happen and the stories that are known of and uh, because you know the victims were people who were not so different from you and me you know and just um, to think about on a, in your daily life uh, the the oh, yeah. Victim and um, assailant, you know, and everyone thinks about victims like they it would not want to be one. <laughs> they all, that's not me. Say in your daily life, are you somehow a victim? And some people hang their head low like this, and they're like, "I don't feel good about myself. I'm I'm being a, you know taken advantage of at my job or." Um, Maybe um, you feel a little trapped in your married life or something like that. Oh, but guess what? <laughs> that's that's nothing. I mean, even if your car mechanic rips you off, it it, it ain't nothing compared to actually being, you know, uh, the victim of uh, an assault or murder or, or something like that. So, um, but um, yeah, I would say God God loves everyone and. Um, Say if, if someone does victimize you, it's maybe you feel crippled a little bit by it, but in your life, but you're gonna get through it. You're gonna you're gonna pull through that, even now or even in the afterlife, because there is one. In the afterlife, you're gonna see God will see you through all of that. So you're not you're not gonna descend into the depths of hell and not be able to get out, you know. <laughs> Someone will throw you a line. You're gonna get a line. You get a line on you. You, you come out of there. <laughs> uh, but this is a. I was reading some of my story, which I had called Hex World, which is the name of my website. I'm gonna think. Uh, I'm reworking this in the title, but uh, Mr. Scary, you get a feeling of fear and ask yourself, what is it? Was it an invisible hand? Was there a person there that you didn't see? You know? Um, yikes! Scream. <laughs> I have to see my yikes. <laughs> so, there I was, shopping at the auto parts store, when Mr. Scary popped up and grabbed me. I've rarely felt the need to express fright or cry out loud in anxiety, as some people might simply be scared to do. Especially, they might feel an urge to panic out of the feeling of being trapped. Just imagine knowing that you're dying. I've experienced pain that hasn't been too anguishing, but believe it or not, it has caused me to shout out loud on many occasions. Mrs. Scary said to me then, I'm going to dismember you and not give you the parts of your body back. That's what he told me when I was taking my car to the, uh, the spare parts lot uh, to be salvaged. <laughs> so I went to the auto parts store to see if I could get a radiator to fix the video. Whatever. It, that actually happened. You know, I have a man breathing down my neck, an invisible ghost, saying that he's going to dismember me and then throw my, my parts of my, per my body away and you throw them somewhere and I'm saying this is not funny you know um, you're gonna have a heart attack or something and I'm like um, how why do you think that you're so hysterical 
and these are not. So I had to salvage my car, and here this ghost is telling me that he's the one that made it break down and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, how am I going to survive? Because they think that it's fun to scare people. So ghosts do scare people, and they do follow people around. If there's a house that's haunted, there's actually a ghost staying there thinking that, you know, he either the A they have to stay in the house or B they're staying there because they find it amusing because it, everybody is so frightened or whatever it is. Um, can ghosts actually move objects and furniture and make noises and this and that sort of thing? Yes, it's true they can. <laughs> they can do it. It doesn't happen very commonly. Because ghosts are actually people that died. They're dead people. I mean, you know, some of them are really very, very nice and wonderful people. And others are kind of trapped in a mentality where they want revenge for their life. They want something back from the living. And that's why they hang around, you know. Uh, so, yeah, if there's one in your house... Best thing to do is just kind of confront the ghost and say, well, what are you doing here? What do you want? You know, but, but nobody talks to ghosts because they might have a heart attack or stroke. <laughs> so, I hate to say it, but that's, that's the problem with it. So you can talk to them. You can coax them. If, you, if you're not able to see or hear them or whatever and say, hey, you know, why are you in my house? What do you want? You know, you think that you could stay in a certain room, maybe. Would you stay in my den instead of my child's, under my child's bed? How about that? <laughs> Here's a couch you can sleep on. Just stay there, you know. Don't go near my child. <laughs> You're the boogeyman. That's what the boogeyman does. He stays under the bed, you know, and then pops out. And there's a boogeyman vendor here, which is cool too. There's some great T-shirts. So, that's scary. It's about time for me to wrap up my podcast because I am uh, I'm talking along. Are you thinking that Mr. Scary could be a zombie? Yes. He's after your spare parts to replace his own. What might a ghoul do but try to frighten you to death? How about voodoo? A ghost laughing or experimenting, playing tricks on you through black magic and spells and witchcraft. Would a warlock prefer to drive a sports car, for example? Or would he hide, like, in your trunk? No matter what the son of a bitch may ride, he'll be serving you another swig of darkness for someone I call Bubba, and that's the devil himself. So that's what Bubba does. Don't deal with it. You know, but when I talk about a warlock driving a sports car, I mean, I mean, let's say that there's a ghost, and, it, and it's just, the ghost is a warlock. I mean, if he were to be in a parking lot, 
You know, which car would he jump into to have a ride? Would he possess the person driving? Or would he, I mean, you know, you know this, he wouldn't sit in an empty vehicle and not be able to start the ignition with a key because he's a ghost, right? So, what he's going to do is he's going to wait for you before you get in uh, and sit there in the driver's seat with you. <laughs> and then he's going to tell you that, that, that he thinks your car is, a, is you know, some, some model of a cheap American Hello, Patty. Would you be able to, to say a quick hello on my podcast? Yeah. Woo. I'm a lucky gal because Patty Degri is stopping by. Hello, Hi. Patty. Hi, how are you? Happy to be here. Well, I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Um, and this is Heck82 Podcast, and I'm Kate. Hi. <laughs> and uh, Patty is a well-known, re- world-renowned psychic uh, medium. And, and a healer, good witch. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. And yes, and we're thrilled to be here. I'm kind of hanging out with Father Sebastian and the vampire set today. Ah, I've been banged. Uh, but we're taking the main stage at 4 o'clock with Chris Fleming and Matt from the Queen Mary. And it's going to be really great. So anybody that's close, come on Awesome. And it's been a really wonderful convention because I was here all day long yesterday. I've had great guests, great speakers, you know, appearances by a celebrity and actors, directors, everybody, even musicians. Um, so, Patty, I was just talking about, you know, what type of a, a car a warlock might prefer to drive. And I'm saying, you know, if there was a ghost that was a warlock following me into a parking lot, Okay, I'm going to start out. Boy witches are boy witches. They're not warlocks. They don't use the term warlock. There's one guy, Christian Day, who's trying to bring it back. But uh, Satanism uses warlocks. But if a boy boy witch was going to drive a car, I don't know. I guess it depends on if they want good gas mileage or not. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I would think that it would be a sports car. Because my car is like, I'm going to say, well, it's a lesser class American vehicle. You know, a cheaper model of a Chevrolet. Uh, I'd rather have a Ferrari. Um... But sometimes I do feel like someone is following me into these these darker parking lots at night, and I'm all alone, you know. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on your car. Just make sure your car's locked, and maybe you got hang a little garlic or a cross or a pentagram or whatever your belief system, and you'll be fine. I, a garlic air freshener. There you go. That could do it. A whole little string of garlic, and you'll get hungry for Italian food every time you get in your car. <laughs> Thank you, Patty. Uh, and we can find you online, and you're actually LA-based. Oh, and I've uh, I've heard that you've appeared on the the well-liked uh, TV web series or TV series Ghost Hunters. Nope, Ghost Adventures. I work with Zach Bagans and Ghost Adventures. I've shot about seven or, or eight or maybe nine episodes with them so far. It's great. I love working with the guys on Travel Channel. Yes, and I'm here with Father Sebastian, the Fang Smith and Impresario, and we met actually doing last last year's Halloween special on Ghost Adventures. So it's actually called Ghost Adventures. Okay, we can we can look for that. Um, Travel Channel? And I actually, yeah, that's where I had got the idea of the car from. I'm thinking if I would go into a haunted house and look for ghosts, would one follow me out maybe and jump in my car and want to go somewhere? What do I do? Well, um, they have done that. They do do that. I'm very cautious. I teach people how to not take them home with you. It's all in your intent and you're cautious. When you're walking out of a place that might be haunted, go, 
No one's coming with me. This is our realm of existence. They really do have to play by our rules unless we give our power over them. So in the name of God or in the name of your dog or in the name of your Louboutin shoes, whatever you believe in, just say no. And 99% of the time, they stay. It's your intent. Don't get angry. That'll feed a dark spirit. Don't get fearful. That'll feed a dark spirit. Just go, my house, my body, my car, out. Right. And they're just people. And we just, you know, we, we ask for that that sense of uh, humanity, I, I guess we say. And we think about, like Patty said, our new shoes, something very nice that we like. And we say, thank you, God. And... Um, and we just, we, we keep on living. Keep on living. All right, well, thank you so much for having me on. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Watching. We're going to look. See you around the convention. Thank you, Patty. Bye. Bye-bye. Can I give you a couple minutes? Can you answer a couple questions? Okay. Well, I got uh, this fellow who uh, I've been chasing around because I know he was in a movie. <laughs> I'm like this journalist that kind of chases people down. But um, so we got to talk to Patty a little bit, and she does a, a very professional job of um, of helping people who um, who do have interactions with the spirit world, and who do have a lot of questions about the spirit world, the afterlife, you know, about ghost presences or hauntings or what have you. Um, you know, and for those of you who actually just have a love of, of you know, of the, anything psychic or, uh, I'm going to say powers of, of mind, and you're very curious, like, as to psychic powers or ESP or telepathy, precognition, clairvoyance, that sort of a thing. Um, we looked at people like, like Patty, you can look online, find her website, it's, uh, N-E-G-R-I is the way you spell her last name, but, um. Uh, some people are real curious and have a lot of questions. And, um, you know, many times you don't want to investigate things like uh, the paranormal, uh, anything, curiosity into the psychic powers can lead to um, the occult world, which um, many people don't want to be too curious about. So we just read something that, you know, that explains it if we want look online but um, there are uh, actual societies who are doing a lot of uh, paranormal research and so we look to people in professions like that um, who might give explanations of those things that uh, we want to know more about and don't necessarily want to to delve into the depths of you know on our own so it has been wonderful at this event, Scare LA 2018. I hope to see you here next year, okay? And you'll say, hello, Heck82. Can I be on your podcast or whatever you want? And uh, <laughs> I'm a Halloween Lover, for those of you lovers of Halloween, I'll see you here next year. You like spooky things, and you like costume makeup, and then, um, come on out. Yeah, that's a wrap up.